Hello, friends. Welcome to the Being School podcast. My name is Eric Hardy, and I am excited that you're here. Today on the Being School podcast, we have my friend Ali Jafarin with us. Ali's a tech entrepreneur who now focuses on coaching and mentorship, and he hosts his own podcast called The Power of Space. In his podcast, he explores personal development, leadership, and spirituality, and features conversations with a range of guests. Some of the topics he covers includes mindfulness, emotional intelligence, building meaningful relationships, and finding purpose in life. Now, his podcast aims to provide practical insights and strategies for personal growth and self-discovery and encourages listeners to explore their own journeys of transformation and evolution. And Ali and I are talking about questions you should ask yourself when you're thinking about starting a podcast. Now, why is this relevant? Well, Ali has his own podcast that he's been doing for about a year and a half. And what better person to talk to about starting a podcast and someone that is a bit down the road at this point he's over 30 episodes in and i thought what better way than to talk to him and see what i should be thinking about or anyone should be thinking about when starting a podcast now with that being said this episode is about so much more than questions you should think about when starting a podcast it's really about questions and ideas that are relevant to just life in general we talk about fear and how it holds us back from things or how it moves us towards things we talk about places, you know, following energy and, and places, your curiosity and what excites you and how to move into that. So I think there's so many nuggets in this episode that you can use, even if you have no intention of ever starting a podcast or just relevant to life in general. So I would encourage you to sit back, relax, grab a piece of paper so you can take some notes and enjoy this episode with my friend, Ali Jafarin. Are we here? Good morning. What's up, dude? We are here, brother. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? Great. Yeah, great. Sun is shining. Went to the gym. My brother and dad are in town. So life is full of joy right now. That's awesome. Well, hopefully I'm not keeping you from time with them. This is part of the joy, dude. <laughs> if I didn't want to do this, I would have told you. That's how much I, I value you. your relationship and also how I show up even with close people. If, if I don't feel some, I just say no. Awesome. But well, this, this was a quick yes. Ah, that's cool. Well, I appreciate that. So um, just to give you a little insight, I know I, I told you a little bit, but um, the idea behind this is to really think about, I'm pondering this idea of doing a podcast um, as and I thought, what better person to talk to than someone that has, what, you're about a year and a half, two years into your podcast journey at this yeah, point? Yeah, dude, good question. So I started it November of 2021. So a year and a half, I guess, something like that. About, yeah, a year mm -hmm. and a half or so. And, and you know, with that, I, I wanted to think, I, I wanted to really touch base. I mean, I, I, I wanted to touch base with kind of your mindset around, your decision-making process in terms of why you you started your podcast, um, kind of questions to think about on that end. Let's start there. Like, what was your mindset? Why did you decide to, to start your podcast? What was the impetus? Why did I start the podcast? All right. So I recall being in a phase where I, I started listening to podcasts and not only was I like realizing like, oh, this is the new medium that I want to consume, you know, in parallel with reading. So podcasts and reading, which are still my two primary means of consuming 
information. Like I don't, I don't ever look at the news. I rarely ever scroll feeds. Mm -hmm. So I get my information from either connecting with people like this or listening to podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. And then shoot, now I got distracted. What was the other one I said? Listening to podcasts or <laughs> just connect. Yeah, I, I think you said just connecting with people, reading. Reading. Thank you. Yeah, yeah sorry. I'm, I'm a, thank you, Eric. I'm a voracious reader yeah. and I, I'm always reading multiple things, etc. That's how we connected. I read your right. book after hanging out with Christine and I was like, I have to meet this man. I interviewed you. It was beautiful. So tying that back to the real question, I realized that I get, I like this so much. And the, the inner creator, the voice was like, yo, you could do this too. It just took courage because right. everything about podcasting is kind of in my wheelhouse, like creating the show, figuring out how to get some basic equipment to get going, having a website, doing the graphics, like all that stuff actually gives me energy, which is why I still do most of it. My wife helps me with the production process and I just finally hired a team to to help with the marketing because so, the social media side is a whole different story. But back to the question, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much because there's a part of me that wants to do this as well, you know? Right. Right. And I would I would attribute a lot of the growth, the internal growth, the internal awareness to either podcasts or books. And then how they've blended has been a really beautiful thing in recent years. Now, and that makes complete sense. How would you, what advice or what questions would you ask someone knowing what you know now that's, that's thinking about starting a podcast? Mm, yeah. There's two questions I would ask. And they, it's almost like a byproduct of of why the, the you know the, the golden question why are you doing this? So I'd ask, are you doing this to fuel your creativity, or are you doing this because you want to build an audience? Doing them together is awesome. That's a win-win in my situation because I started it for the creativity. I had no agenda and I, I was vocal about that to honor my integrity that this isn't about business at all. And even now I'm still struggling a little bit about kind of making it about business, kind of making about some of the work I want to do in the world now, but I've committed to doing that for a variety of reasons. And so I think that's really important because it's podcasts, still seem very hot and trendy. So I think it's easy for people to be like, well, I should just do a podcast to help grow my business, right? Right. So then I would work backwards and, and really examine that and be like, is that a great reason to really do this? Because the ones, I, my experience is the podcasts that have always really landed with me, there's the, the person at the core of it is hyper curious and is wanting to bring a conversation to the world. Whereas other podcasts I've heard and my filter on that was like, oh, you're just trying to say things that you think will land with a demographic. And I tune those out. Yeah. No. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm constantly, I'm, now I'm trying to think about this. Like one thing I want to capture is kind of the, the progression from idea of, oh, I'm thinking about starting a podcast to, to the thought process of actually then deciding to launch it because I, um, I don't know that a lot of people have necessarily done that. And it's it's obviously a big commitment. I think a lot of people get into it just like you said, as kind of a, oh, you know, it's cool, it's fun. And, and I mean, Tim Ferriss going way back, you, you listen to his his yep. advice and it's always like, well, commit to at least 
a dozen episodes or commit to some number of episodes just Mm -hmm. because you're not going to, I don't know if you're not going to like it initially is the right thing, but there's a lot more work to it. I mean, what do you, what's your, each episode, your episodes range or it seems like about an hour or so. What, what, what do you, what's the post-production workload or what would you say? How many hours on the back end go into that are pre-reading and and post-production? Great question. And I will, before answering that, quickly validate what you said, that there is a lot of work. So right. the, the, the few people that have leaned into me like, yo, I enjoy your podcast. I'm thinking about doing something. That's one of the first things I say is that make sure you have time, you create time for this because it's not going to be, unless you have a lot of financial resources and a very clear plan, it's not going to be something that's like an hour a week. So right. to your question, our workflow is I do all of the sort of reach out to find guests that mostly pique my curiosity. So mm-hmm. I don't really have a, a, a super systematized way like some people where they've got like audience or they've got interviews or booked in months ahead. I actually lean into it exactly how you and I had a conversation where I'm like, where's my energy going? Did this person or this book really peak it? Boom, I wanna talk to them. The energy is hot right now. Let's have a conversation, let's explore it. And so I will still do the reach out. People will schedule a call or a Zoom just like this. And then the recording. So like you said, that's usually at least 60 to 90 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, just to get almost an hour of content recorded. Then we put it into some some cloud storage. And my wife, Gabrielle, actually does the first pass. So she goes through with some software we have called Descript. And she will get all of the oddities out, the ums, the likes, the things that doing this sort of cleansing really does polish it up. Because otherwise, it's just a human conversation. And there's a lot of lost time in likes, ums, uh, right? So she does that first pass, which is awesome. Then what I do is I do the same thing. But what I'm doing now is I'm just re-reviewing it to refresh my memory so I can prepare the show notes And what's funny, Eric, is like, I love doing that. In hiring this new team, I considered letting them do that. But I was like, I relearn things by hearing the conversation again. And it's beautiful. So not only am I doing that to prepare it for, you know, production, promotion to the world, but also it's for me. And I have these little nuggets that I kind of bring into my own personal notes, my own journaling. So it's totally for me. And I think that's an underlying theme is that I podcast for myself, not for other people, even though I hope that it creates some value for them. Then you use, I use a hosting service called Transistor. So I load up the episode there. They're the ones that blast it out to all the feeds so that you can download it. And I create a nice blog post on my website, which again, lends to my skill set. That stuff's easy for me. I've done that for years, you know, being a technologist. So that's the the end to end workflow. The part that I didn't like, which is why I've, I've finally uh, re- accepted that I need help, is the promotion. Like I would normally just go onto Facebook or LinkedIn and be like, "Cool, here's a new episode," and then I wouldn't do anything because I don't like to hang out in those places. So I'm hoping that I can get a little bit more awareness by having another team do a lot of the promotion. And that world has changed, dude. It's like. The terminology I don't even know. Like you've got reels, you've got shorts, you've got things in TikTok that I've never even touched. So it is, and that's my process. Everyone has their own unique process. I know people whose process is even more advanced, and then people who I'll call just the bootstrappers, where they literally record and then just throw it up, which is totally fine. But for me, there's a part of this is art and and creation, and so mm-hmm. I like 
having, I like being involved in it so far. And are you still just audio at this point? I, I'm just getting into video. So I've published okay. four videos as of late. And yes, that's a big part of why I leaned into this other team because I think audio is a different way to reach people. Um, and so yeah. I'm, I'm starting to explore that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I listened to your, um, I think it's your most recent one with the lifestyle entrepreneur. Yep. Justin. Uh, mm -hmm. uh huh. But, and, and that there's a video portion of that one as well. That one we is probably one that we have to get into the queue. We, we published the one before that to YouTube, which is Phillips yeah. episode. Okay. So yeah, the video is something that this team is going to start doing and I'm just slower at. Right. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting and I don't know how much you've looked at this. Have you looked at the AI tools at this point at all? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I have not, but it's, it's almost hard not to hear about them. Oh my gosh. Oh man, it is. It's absolutely freaky, but it's overwhelming um, for me. Yeah. It scares me. That's something I was having a conversation with is that when I really check in, AI scares me because I've learned these past few years to really come back to my reality, my true self. And in that version of me has healthy distance to all this technology, to all right. this, these, this systematized robotic AI version of our lives. And so it really scares me, man. Funny enough, we just watched Avatar last night as a family. The second one is a beautiful movie. So I think that there's some really cool things we can do with artificial intelligence, but the whole automating our lives. And then what really scares me is virtual reality. Because I know humans will create a, a augmented or virtual reality that most people like more than their real lives. And that really, really scares me. Yeah, uh, that this is, I mean, this is kind of, interestingly enough, this is one of the impetuses that got me thinking about doing a podcast was, um, I am so curious and fascinated just with AI, mm -hmm. what it's going to mean over the next three to five years, heck, even the next year, how it's going to start changing people's lives. Because I'm fascinated by what this idea of what it means to be human, what it means to be a, a being. And I think AI is going to change that so much and also at the same time push this question to the forefront because my belief is it's going to displace a lot of jobs. Uh, so many people have their identity tied up into exactly what they do. And it's it's the jobs it's going to displace are the, you know, I could see doctors, lawyers, accountants, like these what were kind of some of these penultimate jobs and they're all what what happens when that goes away when something you've worked for 30 40 years to become an expert in and all of a sudden basically overnight your skill set is is kind of obsolete i mean it sounds obsolete. weird but we're gonna there's gonna be a huge i think there's gonna be this huge identity crisis about what what what's it all mean what's the point when this happens and that space is really really fascinating i agree i i have similar feelings um that kind of beside the point, but that's something I'm super curious about. So one, another thing with you, so you started your podcast, you were a number of episodes in, and fairly recently you've made a, you've transitioned from um, your original title, at least, yep. to, yep. to um, and why am I missing? A, I don't have that written down. You're, and the what was it? Yeah, it was, it was originally The Pursuit of Something. 
the pursuit of something and you've transitioned to now it's space the power the power of space yeah the power of space mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit about that and and was it is it more just a title change or is it kind of shifting in a new direction for you in terms of what you want the podcast to be it's a great question and it's also something that i did not take lightly so i appreciate Mm -hmm. you asking so dropping into that originally started it just pure creation pure passion and the pursuit of something was actually my way at that time like said about a year and a half ago of being like, I'm hyper curious and don't quite know where I'm going. So I just want to chat with people and learn about their journey. And and that was hence a perfect name for it. Right. And I, I had a really hard time letting go of that name, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. But what happened there is right after Brave Soul, which we both Mm -hmm. have experienced in our own ways, it became a little bit more clear to me on just my pursuit of things and just deeper awareness around the journey of life and then the micro journeys and all the things that that can tie back to pursuit and pursuit started to kind of evolve my relationship with that word and the pod that name started to not feel as potent as true and also uh, came at a time where I was starting this new project, this new business called Space, and I had a lot of energy towards it. And so I was stuck with this decision tree of being like, do I keep the old one and kind of do it for myself and then use the new one as a place to really have people create space for them to share with, like where are they creating space in their lives? And I'm, I'm really modeling the new podcast around transformation. Like how are we realizing transformation? What are we doing? Where are we creating space, et cetera? And I had this really fatiguing decision, like, do I have two podcasts? And that felt overwhelming. And I was like, but I kind of need to let this one go because my energy is here now, right? And interestingly enough, the conversation, the type of conversation isn't changing all that much. It's just, I actually had a little bit of closure being like, huh, I think I have an understanding of what I'm pursuing now, or at least a little bit more awareness around why I pursue things, how, et cetera. And now it's much more about creating space and what we can learn from that um, in the work that we do, you know, in in Brave Coach and other stuff. So the funny thing is, though, the real like the the deep stuff behind this is this took I struggled with this because I was like, I don't want to let go of that. I really enjoyed the name of that podcast and the whole pursuit of something is still fun to do. But in essence i needed to simplify i was like there's no way i can manage two podcasts that just seems crazy and it it was a it was a nice exercise a lesson eric to let go because letting go of things has been hard for me Uh i I can create an attachment with humans with projects with podcasts and then i have this like this challenge letting go but i'm it was so it was a great exercise to do that and now it's been awesome because it, now it also aligns with, like I said, the work I want to do in the world. So I still am having very curious and open conversations with whoever I want, but I can at least map it back if people are like, why are you doing this? Like for a variety of reasons and part of it's creating space. So that's a very long winded answer on why I transitioned it. No, that's, that's excellent. And it, well, really two things pop into my mind there. One is in, in listening to some of your previous episodes and your new ones, I, 
Well, I didn't see the conflict or I didn't see that, you, you know, you had to let one go to mm. start another. I mean, they, they seemed really fairly aligned. You probably maybe transitioned, changed some of the questions just a little bit or the focus. But um, the other one that's very curious is those are two very, just the words, right? Pursuit versus creating. Like, mm. Yep. Those are, I mean, very different energies. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so, well, just from my own curiosity standpoint, like how, how conscious were you of those two words, the difference in energy in those two words? And do you feel like literally it was a, a personal shift inside of you um, that's reflecting that? Or was it more just a strategic, I'm moving into this new thing. I know I'm starting up, you know, this creating space, this business, I want to move it more into the coaching realm. And, um, mm -hmm. So how much of it was, do you think, strategic versus just representing you in a shift that kind of happened for mm, you? Now, that's a great question. And I am actually, as we're talking about this together, I feel that I'm actually even learning more about that because I didn't dwell as much on what you just you just uh, brought to light is like pursuit versus create. These are different things. Big um, difference in energy. Huge difference in energy. So, Yeah. I was a I was aware of it at the time to know that when it was when it felt like transition when it felt like time to transition I realized I wasn't in as much achievement mode which I kind of correlate with pursuit. Mm -hmm. I was very much more in surrender mode, and so create was to, was totally more of a reflection of being like I want to surrender that this wants to be created. And getting over the fear of being like, well, just have the podcast kind of blend with the business. Because I was very resistant to that. I told myself this story, this internal narrative that that would ruin it. It wouldn't be fun. And then I'd have to do all blah, 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 right? That's the ego talking. Like, well, then you have to grow it. You have to make money. And what's funny, you and I have talked about this in side combos. There is a reality that the the brand the entity space is not super profitable right now. And I can laugh and play with that because... It's not, I'm not rushing into it with this agenda to like grow it. I don't even know what it's going to become. And that's a beautiful thing. That's again, going into the surrender, the creation of just honoring, like what wants to be created here? What wants to happen? But I love that you've highlighted that because I didn't really realize until just now when you've asked this, that part of me letting go of that strong word pursuit was a reflection of just the way I was showing up and being like, I'm not in this at least right in that season, I wasn't in this super achievement oriented uh, season. And I struggled to get back into that season because I've learned a lot about what those seasons of achievement have done in my life. So thank you for asking that question because it wasn't, it wasn't as, a, I wasn't as aware of that until you just asked it. I'm like, oh, wow, there was a big difference in those words. Yeah. And, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to kind of reflect on this too to make sure my mentality and philosophy for going into this and starting is is in alignment and it's not just uh oh man this feels like kind of an exciting thing to do to to be doing something as opposed to um I'm really fascinated by this and it's really something I want to move into so I'm using this as a bit of a coaching session for my own for my own self here 
I love it. That's why it was a, it was a quick whole body yes when you're like, yo, yeah. do you want to record something? So I have a question for you that might be interesting to unpack. Sure. What would the child version of Eric do here? Oh, this gets deep really fast. It does, um, and take it wherever you want. I'm yeah, just curious. No. Instead of making the adult decision, how would the child be like, do you want to start a podcast? Well, this is so so what really kicked this off is literally, I don't know, let's say two weeks ago, max two weeks ago, I, I had this realization that every I have these ideas and every almost every idea I squash because of fear. Right. Mm, like I, yeah. the idea will come up and I'll get a little bit excited about it. And then I'll be like, oh, but it won't work because of this. And I have to worry about this issue and blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. And okay. and for whatever reason, I knew I did that. It was almost a joke with Christy and I. Christy for years has always said, oh, your first answer is always no. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's that mentality of, oh, we can't do yep. that because there's this hurdle, this hurdle, this hurdle. Yep. And so this idea came up. And for the first time I had this realization, I saw my brain and I was like, wait a second, like, why are you doing that? And so to answer your question, the child version of me would do what a kid does. You just go and do it, right? Just because it's fun, it's exciting. You don't think about, oh, um, you know, if I if I build this BMX ramp and I jump it with my BMX bike, like there's a really good chance I'm going to crash and I could, you know, yeah. break my arm or whatever. You're just like, yeah, BMX ramp, we're doing this, you know? Yep, yep, yep. And, and so that's all of a sudden now these things come up and it's just been in the last 10 days, two weeks that it comes up and I see my brain go, well, this could be wrong and that. And, and I'm like, no. And I just stop it. And so the kid version of me would 100% absolutely start the podcast and just go for it and see what happens. Um, and I mean, I'm pretty much there. Like it's it it's going to happen from that standpoint. But yeah, it's amazing how much they this fear idea plays into things. Like well, I'm mm-hmm. afraid what people, if I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, and it's like, what is that all about? Like, just I just have to get over that, right? Well, you are just with this. So I honor you that. And we talked about this when you joined me on my podcast a while ago. Is that so? It's cool that you're seeing this pattern. Uh huh. Because I love that you're just more aware of it. Most people aren't aware of it and they don't even realize that it is truly fear. I would agree with you. Fear is such a strong emotion when it comes to like doing things that represent us because we have all these beliefs and these limiting beliefs and these stories, as you know. And dude, that's one of the best questions that I ask myself when I feel fear, which is a representation of uncertainty for me most of the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, it's a beautiful reflection of something needs to be known. And the easy, one of the tools I use to sort of, I don't want to say combat the fear, but be with it in a way where I can really understand it is I say, what would child like Ali do? Just to your point, he didn't care about that. He'd be like, I'm going to go play. And I'm going to do this. And fear was the last thing that entered my mind as a young child. It's, we have not only do we have similar experiences, Eric, but you have a very similar, almost verbatim relationship to what my wife had growing up in a house of educators. And her initial response is no. Her initial response is fear, which is there's not. It's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just the conditioning, the programming of always sort of being more comfortable in that safe space. Yeah. And this is the last thing I'll say. It, I feel even as someone who really likes to actually challenge myself to be with fear and embrace it, 
social media makes it so wild these days because it's it's literally like this nonstop 24-7 popularity contest. And that's why I have trouble showing up there because I'm like, I want to help people. And I think some of this content I'm creating is could be useful, but I'm not in this to get likes and to get votes and to get pings and dings. Like, I just want to share what I'm creating with the world. And when I look at social media and look at like a lot of the politics, the algos behind them, like it's not always, it doesn't always support that. It doesn't always support creators. It supports popularity. Yeah. No, that's and I great. Make, I didn't make I just wanted to throw that in there as part of the fear, you know? Well, you, you bring up two avenues that I'd love to go down because you just gave me an insight that I, I hadn't clicked on before necessarily. And it's, it's funny, you mentioned your wife grew up in a house hold of educators and I remind you of her because obviously my mom was an educator my dad was yep. an educator I grew right. up around educators um, and as I think about that I mean educators are not paid well right the reason that I think people go into education is because of that element of safety you know you have you know yes. you're gonna have a salary you know that mm-hmm. you it's still one of the few places I mean it's a form of government right but outside of government where you you know okay I put in my 25 30 years I'm going to get a pension right. retirement mm-hmm. pension and so I think it, it it attracts people that have that mentality there there's there's definitely definitely an element of safety there yes. and I am absolutely seeing like I can look back and and see reflections of my mother and my decision making process it's like you always worry about you know, the first thing you worry about, what's going to go wrong? It's like, oh, we're yeah. going to do something on the weekend. Oh my gosh, well, it could rain. What's the weather going to be like? Do we have this packed? And, you know, there's lists yeah. and it's, and you're just like, oh man. So I yeah. see that. And so so that's good. And, I, and it, it does always help to know where these feelings and ideas come from. So that's a great reflection. And then the other thing is, and you touched on that is a, it's a big concern of mine is that I'm much like you. I... I don't want to get bogged down in the world of social media and, mm-hmm. you know, gunning for that. And at the same time, hopefully I'll produce content or there will be things that are useful and can actually help people. Um, and that's been a huge, you know, battle in my mind as to, well, if you go into this, you're going to have to spend time yes, doing right. doing that. And I think that's held me back for a long time. So kind of where have you landed on that now that you're you know a year and a half in you've kind of tweaked changed mm-hmm. the direction of your podcast a bit obviously you just hired this team you want to grow yeah. this turn it increase your reach um how are you dealing with that kind of mental juggling act of not wanting to be on social and yet that being the tool to get known at this point yeah so there's two things the first is surrendering to being like I don't want to be on social, but I do feel like it is a way to support people because that's where they are. So in this way, I'm just surrendering and being like, great, I know that's not for me, but this is where people are. So if I can help them, because that's also where my blog posts occasionally get a little bit of love is on social media. People aren't finding my blogs by Googling or stumbling. So is, is a bit of just knowing like, I need help with this. It's not in my wheelhouse. So I'm going to find a who to help with it, not a how to, to, you know, rewire the way I do it. Now, the other piece is that I'm really creating a lot of momentum around leveraging 
the stuff that lights me up, which is creating, meaning I'm going to create more emails and I've even been considering, this goes back to the whole fear of considering a sub stack. Like, could I do a sub stack? Could I charge people a very small amount of money just to deliver a weekly email? Because I feel like that's something that would give me energy and hopefully help other people. Like my favorite email to get is James Clear's 321 Thursday. I read it every single week. I share it almost every time. And I would literally pay that dude 10 bucks an email almost. Like it's that good. At least I think it's that good, right? Right. So I'm starting to think about that because that is a place I'm comfortable. I like writing. I, I like the responses. Every now and then I get a response from my monthly email blast from like a family member or a friend and that lights me up. The other thing is, I <laughs> this is hilarious. You might think this is hilarious. I do at least. I'm just now starting to actually create some courses. And I know courses have kind of had their different way in the, the online world, different evolutions, but I've literally run a different business for almost a decade, helping and teaching and supporting people who build and sell courses, yet it never occurred to me that I could do it myself. So like being a kid again, I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna start creating courses. I'm gonna share them with the world. It might land, it might not, but at least it allows me to exercise like the energy that I want to create. Because I, like going back to some of the discussions you and I have had and that have surfaced in Brave Coach, I don't see right now myself like being on a stage or going in and holding big seminars and workshops. That stuff scares me because it's so far out of my like zone of genius. Whereas I might do it just to face the fear, but I know that my true zone of genius is being in that creation mode and creating stuff that could support people on their own. So that's the the full answer is letting someone else run social media and then really trying to optimize email and, and build some courses that could that hopefully help some people. But we'll see, because uh, that's a lot of work in itself. So as I'm learning, relearning again. Like, yeah, it it is, and and that was one thing I wanted to touch on at some point was your. Well, I should say this: I intentionally don't um, ask you a tremendous number of questions about your history in terms of building community and yep. and 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 that experience, strictly from the standpoint of your. You, and maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. But you're kind of you've been trying to kind of transition out of that world of being the at least on the tech side of being in the background of supporting people to build them. And, and now it sounds like, okay, now you're going to use that experience and build your own community, but not continue to build for others. Or, or where do you stand on that now? That discussion has, has been volatile for a couple years now. So uh -huh. I've had different relationships with different businesses, co-founding them, exiting them. And I, the one that I still lead with a small team does still build and support people who are having membership in online communities. And I had to go through a pretty dark period a while back where I was very close to pulling the plug, selling it, getting out of it. Because as I learned through doing my work, I was just so far out of integrity with like what I was doing and what we were offering. And not in a, a nefarious way. It just, I had completely lost myself. And I got to a place where I was like, this thing is just stealing or taking all, I'm allowing it to take all my energy. Whereas I've started to really shift there, Eric, and understand that it's just a business and it can still help people. And where I really find new inspiration again is when I can help people I believe in that I align right. with bring communities to life. 
that's what I had to really, and it's so funny. It's like, I learned this stuff years ago, went through all different types of business coaching, like find your niche, work with people that you love, 1000 true fans. But it's like, I had to really hit almost a rock bottom to understand the gravity of that and be like, oh, so much of this now is about really aligning and finding people to work with. And so we still do that. It's in a healthier place. But back to your point, I have totally sort of shifted that that doesn't get all my focus anymore. And some of these other businesses I used to be involved in, I sort of exited those gracefully. Whereas the technologist in me still lives. It's just, I've got a lot more interest and curiosity around being with humans and creating content and coaching and just understanding the totality of what that means. Because that that was where a lot of misalignment came from. I was like, hold yeah. up. I want to get people off their devices, yet I'm building community software that constantly keeps, do you see what I'm saying? It was very, right. it was like, woof. So I'd have yeah. a wake up call. Yeah, and without sounding too woo-woo, like this, it, it feels like that transition is at is at this amazing time because I literally just played got on Chat GPT and played with this AI for the first time a week ago, and now that's it. It blew my mind. Like I've heard stories about people saying, "Oh, it's going to change the world," and you know, blah blah blah, and then you actually get on it and start messing around with it, and yeah. <laughs> and you realize, oh my gosh, like this is no this joke. Is this yep. is wild. And so what it's done is like this, this idea of going back to human to human connection, like the things that you're talking about um, and what you're working on, your coaching and what you want to move into. Like it's, it's almost like this universal alignment has brought you to this point of, yep. OK, I know, I know how to do this from the technology side and I've, and I've really yep. grown that. And now I'm moving into this. I really want to do it from the human to human one on one coaching level and it's like you're just it's it's just carrying you to the exact perfect space it feels like dude 100 percent. the other thing i'll add to that is that a big thing that i want to help create and co-create in the world are retreats because mm -hmm. of the impact they've had on my journey in the last five years like prior to five years ago i didn't do retreats i did vacations i did a little bit of time off but a retreat to me means retreating, like really going back, going, taking a step back for yourself and creating that space to like be with something new, something unknown, unplug. And every time I do it, I do it at least twice a year in my father's community. And I'm, I've done it in the Brave community. I've done some other just self-organized things with some guys, some friends where we go out into nature. And mm -hmm. I, I'm starting to get over the fear to step into that. And by leading uh, an adventure out here in Colorado in the summer. And what's funny, what I want to share with you is like this thing, which is I'm doing through Front Row Dad. So it's it's not like I'm just putting my hand out and be like, who wants to go on a retreat? I actually have you know a more comfortable group or audience to, to lead and, and uh -huh. with a co-leader. Even though I have a co-leader, it's with a community that I'm sort of a veteran in, I've been there for years, it still scares the shit out of me. Right. In a way where I'm like, this is the fear I want to be with. Whereas if you were to ask me to build to do some six-figure project for some company to build them an online community, it wouldn't scare me at all. In fact, if I didn't have alignment with that, that group, it would actually create stress and anxiety. And I'd be like, I don't want anything to do with this. So it's amazing to me how like 
this thing that most people be like, oh, that's easy. Just go. You already know those guys. Take them in the woods. Give them an, a spiritual whatever experience is so much more intimidating to me right. than like something where other people would like put on a pedestal and be like, that's amazing. How'd you do that? I can't believe you. So it's all I'm finding for me. It's all about my relationship to the thing. And it kind of goes back to some things we've already discussed. Does it pique my curiosity? Right. Does it, does it help me learn something new? And it's, it's, uh, there's this consistent reminder that if there's some fear, what I call healthy fear, then I want to get into that because it's going to help me grow and help me learn in the ways that I want to. Cause a lot of the stuff I've done on the technology side, even chat GBT, like we said earlier, it kind of scares me. That stuff's not that new to me. In fact, I feel very like too comfortable with it where I'm like, I don't know what I'm learning anymore. It's just repetitious. And that has, has created a lot of, uh, has created challenges for me. So it's interesting. You bring up you, you, fear there. You're, you're talking about fear and, and, and you're like, that seems now to be an indicator for you to move into it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling yeah. fear around this. Yep. Do you, is that a new, fairly new shift for you? Or have you, do you always feel like you are on the, on that, you know, that end of the spectrum of I'm going to chase fear a little bit. I've always been more on, on that end of the spectrum in terms of chasing some fear, getting out of my comfort zone. It's funny what we were talking about earlier with your you growing up in an environment with educators and my wife. Every time we like someone leaves our house, my wife's parents who are beautiful people, their default is be careful. Gabrielle even says it sometimes. Be careful. My default is have fun, especially when my kids are going out. Have fun. And this is just a simple representation of that. For whatever reason, I grew up in an environment or was sort of cultivated this like, let me see how far I can push myself. And as an adult now, I really value um, not only testing my comfort zone, so it could be simple stuff like when we hang out in in uh, Ireland here, I'll be the first to jump into that ocean with you and just get the cold plunge, right? Or doing things where when I check in, this the fear, the something that needs to be known isn't that I don't think I can do it. It's that, yo, you could do this. You're just hiding. Like we talk a lot about hiding, right? Yeah. And that's become a pretty familiar feeling for me. Like, oh, I'm just hiding from this. It has nothing to do because... In the, in the darker topics of like mortality and sickness and the things that scare a lot of people, they don't scare me. And I'm not saying that to sound like uh, narcissistic or egotistic. It's just they don't really scare me. Things that scare me are uh, more, I'd say, how would I even describe this? Because when people ask me like, what really scares you? It's like becoming complacent or being static and having nothing to live for. That type of stuff scares me, not like the physical threats in the world. In fact, I like to be with those. I'll jump off cliffs, I'll skydive, I'll do the things that really give me that adrenaline. So fear is a type of emotion that I actually look forward to facing. Hmm. And, um, was that something in your family background? Did you, were your parents, I mean, were they entrepreneurial? Were they, where did, where do you think that comes from? Or is that just innate within you? There's a really cool story around that. I'll try to summarize quickly is that the short version is that it comes from my dad. So he grew up in a very rigid, structured, um, religious 
environment in Iran where like no one traveled, no one left. And as he became more curious about the world, he would try to leave the house and like go hike mountains as a teenager. Like that's how he had fun. And then he had this epic trip where he left Iran to fly all the way out to London to visit a friend who was at university then. And then like had this journey, drove a car back through all the different countries in Europe and then Asia to get back to Iran and didn't even tell his parents because they would have been like, what did you do? And so early on in his journey, he was like, yo, I'm, I've got questions. I need to see more of the world. And he got into that. And then bringing it back to where we are today, my myself, my brother, my dad, and even my mom to a degree, we're all fairly nomadic. We like to get out and move through the world and find new experiences, embrace new cultures. It's part of what makes us thrive. Whereas my wife's family, they have this beautiful way they can be together for like weeks in the same house and just be. And yeah. at first I was like, how do you guys do this? It drives me nuts. But now I'm like, that's just a cool way that you all are with each other, right? Whereas for us, we need to go out. We need to get get into some things. So I think there's a, there's not only some like, I don't know, history or lineage behind that, but we just seek to kind of get into the unknown, which to me has a big correlation to fear. Like, and I, I will tie that up with, I've been, I've been really emphasizing the word uncertainty because I think that's what scares people. It's, mm -hmm. it's that, like you talked about earlier, like people are, we're just wired to be more safe and comfortable. Whereas like the second that people don't know what's going to happen, they have all these questions and it's easier to just duck and ball up and be like, no, thanks. Whereas I'm yeah. like, I want to figure it out. Like what is going to happen? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. And um, just out of curiosity, how big was the town that your wife grew up in? She grew up in a, in a fairly large town. Yeah. Not okay. like you. Um, but her parents grew up in small towns. It's interesting, and, and I, I wonder if that's part of it. Is is if you come from a small town background, especially if your family had been there for a number of generations, like in yep. a small town, your reputation—it's really your family reputation. It's not only you as an individual, but it's like how you reflect upon your yep. family, and and that becomes very important. Whereas I think in a city. That's not nearly, or if, or if there's just tons of people around, that's not nearly as important. And I wonder if that's a little bit of why people feel a little freer when they're in cities or there's a, definitely a different energy is because you're not as worried about that. Like you don't, totally. you don't care how people necessarily see you because you don't know that person. You're not going to interact with them. And it's whereas in a small town, you're not only going to interact with them, their parents are going to know, their grandparents, like you're going to, and, and everyone's going to know you based on what you did five years ago. And it's, it's 100%. Very, Yep. I definitely think there's some truth to that. Which has been a big hang up for me. Um, I would say for the last, well, 40 plus years is this notion of what are people going to, you know, what are people going to think? Like that's the catchphrase. Oh, you can't do that because what are people going to think? You can't get a tattoo because what are people going to think? You can't, um, yeah. you, you know, you got to wear the right clothes if you're in this because what are people going to, you know, it's just like, it's exhausting, man. It's exhausting. And so it certainly can be. But I want to honor you, especially for the book that you created, because I think that I have fear around that. And I don't feel called to start writing a book yet, but it's definitely something I have uh, an internal conversation yeah. with pretty often. Uh -huh. And that is a huge thing to me is that you had the courage to write a book, which I thought was a beautiful book. And 
because what what other way is there to be judged and and have external validation just flood in or not flood in at all right a book right is a scary thing it's uncertain are people going to read this will anybody care so i want to honor that you, even though you you're very aware of like some of this these challenges you're stepping into it which is awesome oh. and oh, it's inspiring thanks, man thank it's inspiring. you i appreciate that's really nice of you to say um yeah and that's that's been one thing is I think I reflect on and I realize like I don't put as much ideas or thought or creativity out into the world because there's still that fear of you know what are people going to think the wrong person or someone gets a bad opinion of this and and now I think finally just in the last little while I'm like oh well you know it's like that fear is for whatever reason it just flipped and it's so anyway that it's exciting which is the reason I'm talking to you about starting a podcast Um, exactly exactly well, you mentioned, so you mentioned James Clear. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, did you by chance listen to the conversation between him and Tim Ferriss? Uh, no, uh, but I of, know that's going to be gold. It was, it was really good. And the reason I even bring that up is because they were talking about, you know, social media and their views on it. And really, they ultimately came down to the most important thing that you can build is an email list. Like yeah, that's right. still um, so... I guess transitioning a little bit to strategy-wise, how do you think about that, or or what's your goal now? With maybe even how's that shifted from starting the podcast? We talked about it was more of a creative endeavor, kind of following mm-hmm. your own passion, your own pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, talk to me a little bit about where the strategy is, is shifted a bit, and what are your goals with that going forward now as you kind of go in this new direction. Mm. Yeah, this is an interesting topic because of what we've learned from our shared mentor, Philip, is like when I got back from Brave Soul last July, August, I went into a pretty deep no goals season. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of coming out of that. In fact, the some of the goals I've set are related to space and being like, okay, cool. This is more than just a passion project now. Like I actually want to help people. I want to do it in a meaningful and responsible way. So let me put to your question on strategy, let me put all the things I've learned in business as entrepreneur into this, the good things that I think can help it. And so in terms of strategy and actually having some goals, the podcast is still the main thing because it's, I still think it's the best way that I can communicate and bring content to the world that supports this whole creating space in our lives. And then, Email is something I need to, I'm planning to put more energy around where like, instead of having just a monthly email blast, I'm going to email when episodes are published. I'm going to email when like, uh, I'm going to play around and and try to experiment more with things and just fail and get over the whole, like, is is anyone going to care? Because I've, I realized that there's so much self-sabotage that happens when we sit with these things instead of taking action. And I got really comfortable, almost too comfortable sitting with things and processing them, which is a strength of mine. But now I'm kind of our word for the year as a family is challenge. I need to step up. I need to start get on the field again. I, I feel like I want to play. I want to compete and I want to drive. So it comes back to what we talked about in achievement and hence goals. So putting more emails out there and actually asking, I'm so bad at asking, like 
asking people like, did you like this at all? If so, send it to a friend, right? Being a little more intentional with that because otherwise people aren't. Like I've learned, I don't do things unless people ask. And so why wouldn't I ask them for the same thing if I think it's it's valuable and it can help them? And then the whole courses, I actually am optimistic that the type of courses I want to build and then eventually some of the technology that might might involve AI to some degree will help people create space without without more like dependency on technology. I feel like that's a skill I can cultivate. So it's sort of this arsenal of being like, I can create courses, a, a, a bunch of free ones, but then some that I think are worth people paying for to move through the content at their own pace and then hopefully help them build some habits. This goes back to James Clear. I think he's arguably one of the most skilled humans in the, the world of habits and patterns, because not only does he share extraordinary content and insights, but he lives it. Like the dude is an amazing weightlifter. He's a creator. He's He's got very interesting parts of, of his journey that he walks the walk. And those are the people that really strike me. Same way with Philip, like being in his presence when he talks about helping people find themselves, he walks the walk. He's not just doing a performance, right? So that's a long another long-winded answer of being like, this if i focus on what really lights me up the creating content i feel like the strategy is actually going to start to show itself but that does require showing up and doing the work that's the thing i got really i don't want to say lazy i just got really comfortable almost <laughs> having too much space pun intended yeah right <clears throat> you know i was um it's funny you mentioned that because j- just last night when i was flying home i, I uh I was watching a documentary about the person that did the animation for Jurassic Park. Ooh. Um, and, and what was fascinating was he, so he was the guy uh, uh, that did the first computer animation of, Term, I think Terminator 2, no, The Abyss was his, the first thing. Remember, I don't know if you remember that water, the, the face in the water that like, came up and turned into a face and it was moving. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so he was doing that on like Apple computers, right? He so he back was the in first the day. person. Yeah. Back in the day. So this would be like 98, whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so he created that and then it moved into, then, he, then it went into T2 and ultimately became the animator for Jurassic Park where the dinosaurs are roaming and it went from claymation where you'd have that stopgap animation where the yeah. motions were real jerky and they actually built a model too generated on a computer and and it would just like blew everybody's mind um but what was fascinating was this the story was about him and then you know computer animation he got really famous and he tried to go out on his own didn't work out and then basically no one was hiring him he kind of alienated the movie production career and he went through this kind of dark night of the soul mm-hmm. where he got into things that were not good for him just I mean, drinking, yep. he had to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all the thing. And ultimately, they have him right before, as he's going to rehab, he basically says, you know, everybody needs a mission. Like, I need a mm-hmm. mission. I need some reason to get up and yep. do these things. And and what I hear in you is saying, you're like, everyone thinks, oh, man, it would be great to just be able to get up in the morning, like, do my meditation, exercise, then have the rest of the day to create or do whatever. And it it's great for a little while and then you hit this all of a sudden you're like but like what am i doing with these things that i create and it sounds like i don't know i've certainly felt that it sounds like you 
kind of went through a, a bit of time there, which is that, mm-hmm. does that feel accurate in terms of kind of having that period of like, Oh, what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Absolutely, dude. So we were on one of our group calls months ago uh-huh. and you said something. Well, it, I think it was one of those, it was one of the calls where you offered to kind of be in a space of, of let's say mock coaching. And when you, when you're being asked questions and you said, yeah, but what's the point? that the when you said that it landed with me and it it reminded me of oh that question yeah because and i don't think again my filter my experience i don't think that question strikes everyone the same some people don't even answer that question it's just not on their radar they they're mm-hmm. just content with a simple life which is beautiful in its own way some some of the work i've been doing on myself actually comes back to finding beauty in the small things, finding some contentment, not complacency, but being content instead of constantly on the wheel of of wanting, wanting desires. But what is the point is a strong question. And if you really honor that question, back to what you said, I think if you have sort of at least some sense of achievement, high achievement in you, you do need a mission. You need a purpose. You need to find ways to feel fulfilled and that's when it gets hard to just wake up and be like, oh, I'm just retired now. Like, dude, I was just having this conversation with my dad. He's downstairs, you know, he's approaching 70 and he's lived a great life. He, he It's not super full. And so I'm, I'm trying to understand from him, like, well, is there anything you want to do? Like, and we had this cool combo where I was like, what did you really want to be when you were a kid? He's like, ah, oh, I want to be a pilot. It was quick. He didn't even have to think about it. And so now I've got this interesting thing where I'm like, hmm, and I haven't told him this yet, but I'm thinking, how could I gift him an experience where he could fly a fucking plane, right? Like how, even as I say that, like I feel the energy rise, it's just this mini mission. And so again, I think that if you're wired to want, and and a lot of it goes to curiosity for me, I've noticed that curious people will ask why a lot and that's me like it's hard for me to just be like oh cool that's just the way the world works one of my archetypes i was just uh, reviewing them the other day this cool exercise is seeker so like i seek to have an understanding not just of how things work why but my internal why my self-knowledge on mm-hmm. something if especially if it's like something that gives me energy so yes dude i think that there's a there's a mode of sitting still and having space and that can serve you really well especially if you need it because when, when you're on this game like i found that life just goes like this and when i accept that there's different periods different seasons different phases it cannot go like this for me that's when i crash it cannot also not go like this for me that's when i get really bored and i become just like that's when i start asking what's the point right yeah no, that that's fascinating, and, and and it's weird. You, it's almost like you can't have one without the other. I mean, we, I, yeah. I keep seeing you know space and space in your background, and I keep thinking about like <laughs> you you can't have the experience of all of a sudden being like, oh, now I have this and I have this space, and now what do I do with it? Without actually getting to a point in your life where you've done the things to get you the space in essence, right? Like Absolutely. It's it's a it's not a paradox per se, but it it, it is 
it's fascinating, and it's just one of those things. I mean, as you, you've mentioned Philip before, but you know, his one of his things is always, "Well, just sit with it." And yep. for so long, that just it's like, but that feels like a waste of time. It it it. Uh, I want to be I want to be doing something to move forward to answer the question to, and sometimes, the exact thing you need to do is not be pursuing it constantly, not be chasing it, just to sit in the space yep. and see what happens. Um, I think it goes both ways. And I'm going to use something that a very wise guest on my podcast, aka you said, Oh boy. Is that there, there's the, there's the two ways. Uh, well, two is easy for us to have kind of dichotomy. You can sit with something and really process it and really tune in, check in like what, it, what wants to happen. And I've had a, found a tremendous value but you i found i can do that too much to a to a detriment whereas one of the things you said on my show that still lands has landed and i still remind myself of is like sometimes you just gotta go you gotta get up you gotta get through it it goes back to the whole fear just get into it stop don't overanalyze it because as deep thinkers you and i can easily overanalyze something and then we get into the what's the point right that hard question right and back to with with philip we're back to you mentioned this word space and why it's so important to me. The reason I chose circles is because with a circle and just think of it as an easy container of space, you can either create a circle for more space or you can create a circle and fill it. Right. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. what's interesting when I ask people about that, like, where are you creating space in your life? What are you creating space for? How are you? Some people like Philip are being like, I'm actually removing things to create space for something else. Whereas other people are like, I'm actually putting stuff in because I want to do this X, Y, and Z. So there is no right or wrong, no good or bad, no yes or no. It's just like you're either creating some space to see what what's to ha- what wants to happen, or you're filling space to be like, this is what I'm going after, which kind of goes back to the the pursuit, and then wrapping that back into this this wave like journey of life that's where things get beautiful for me like knowing that there are times where i'm filling it up and then there's times where i'm creating it. like last summer man i had so much space to just really think and be and feel that after i came out of that i was like oh i gotta go do something now <laughs> like i can't keep sitting like this right <laughs> yeah no exactly oh that's that is it's that's fascinating and it's, it's yeah. um I, th- I think a big a big shift that occurred for me just in this whole whole idea around fear and everything was, um, well, we were talking about kind of setting goals and objectives. I mean, I asked you about that, and you effectively, I don't know that I, actually, I don't know. You didn't really say what your overall objective was. Have you shifted into? But with that being said, though, I guess the whole point I was trying to get to is that when I realized it's some, you need to have these big picture goals that are not necessarily measurable like they're an infinite goal or they're 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 just a continuing process you're never going to get to the end um yes and i don't think many people realize or or think about that like because we've been taught oh goals are they have a time frame they're measurable they're quantifiable like they're these things and it's like great for certain things but the really big important goals in your life I don't, I mean, they're, they're, they're infinite or they, there, there are no, there isn't an end. And in a weird way, that is extremely refreshing because you realize, 
oh wait, it really is just the process. It's the yes. process of mm-hmm. of it's it's not you're not gonna necessarily it's it's not it doesn't have to be about creating a great like for me in my mind you tell me if this is a good way to approach it or not the way i'm approaching this is really it's about the people that the conversations i'll get to have and the people that i'll get to share those with like that's the process of making the podcast will be in essence the goal because one of my goals is to is to meet interesting people Mm -hmm. and be in rooms be in places with interesting people well guess what just by doing the podcast whether a hundred people listen to it, a thousand people, a million people, like, but just by doing the podcast, I've accomplished my goal of meeting interesting people. And every episode will be an opportunity to do just that. Like, that's a huge goal. So, absolutely. I love that. I think that there's so much wisdom in that that you just shared your internal wisdom. And that a lot of that resonates with me too is that the goal is to be in love with the process to create art that i believe in that is an expression of me and then to really bring in a piece that i've I've become a little bit more aware of is that i also want to honor which keeps me in integrity that i want this to be a profitable process Mm -hmm. because that's where i've been out of integrity i've gotten so lost in some things and then realize like oh shoot i've created this thing that I was so heady, like in my mind, all the things made sense. And now it's actually stressing me out because it's something that costs more energy than gives. And also there's the financial side. Like that's a, that's a thing for creators I'm learning is that you and I have the freedom to do this because we figured out how to play the game of business another way and it, and we've done it well, right? Whereas that's actually been a crutch for me and being like, yo, this this podcast, this whole venture of space is awesome and i i want to honor that it also needs to be profitable so it's a it's to, when you ask about goals i have it's very much what you shared like just staying in love with the process making sure it gives me energy but also honoring the integrity that this needs to be profitable otherwise it's going to create different types of stress and i'm going to be like oh shoot can i can i do this anymore it, it's this whole balance of and that goes that could be a whole different conversation around like our relationship with money but I've just noticed that there is sort of this byproduct when you sink a lot, because it's not just about financial. It's like, I spend a lot of time on the podcast. And so if it's not, you know, let's just say fueling itself in terms of being profitable, then it becomes a liability at some point. Right. No, Mm -hmm. I I see that. But even, are you thinking about that more than just, you know, we're using profit in the, in the, you know, monetary sense. So is it, does the podcast generate revenue? Are you also looking at profit as just by being on camera, talking to someone, having a conversation, like really listening, going Mm. back and forth? Does it build my ability as a coach, as a speaker, Mm. as a, you know, like, is there, do you think about more than just financial profits in that sense or, or absolutely that? yeah like yeah. relationship relational profit absolutely because there's yeah. an argument that's way more important than money and i believe that i think that there's also this yeah it's interesting eric i don't i don't want to take this into so much of a money conversation but i am just tuning in that i'm fortunate blessed to have the space to work on space whereas 
I don't, I have to re-empathize sometimes when people are like, yeah, but I got to do this. And and everyone is their own situation, right? Their own experience, their own commitments. Right. But I right. do, I, it really hit me the other day, actually, when my wife was on a retreat in Africa, which is awesome. This is intentional as a gift for her. She had an amazing time, but I was solo dad. I had some new responsibilities. There was some active stuff going on in the business and I was still trying to maintain my podcast, everything. And I was like, oh, this is a lot. Right. <laughs> and, right. And I was like, oh shit, like now I get it. Now I get when people are like, yeah, but I'm I'm not able to do that or I haven't chosen to do that. So that's why I think that while I have a very sort of loose relationship with money. I do think that if we if we do things that can also bring in the financial integrity, they make things a little bit easier, a little bit more fluid. But back to your point, the true profit is in the relationships. It's in the self-wisdom. That's why I started it. And if that were to get lost along the way, then I would really feel out of alignment with why I do it and why I yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. But that's a fascinating topic in itself. Absolutely. It, it really is. And I mean, uh, and that's one reason. I mean, this is these conversations. I'm like, what am I really passionate about? And it comes down to I love like having these conversations. You and I are both in this in the in the coaching um, group with Philip. And, you know, a big part of that for me is is just the conversations that we have and the opportunity to meet. Right. And be around people like you and the other people in that group. It's just so so that's what brings me passion and joy. I'm like, well, you know, why not try to turn this into something? And and the other thing is there's so much wisdom. Like I, I feel like there's so much wisdom that's not being expressed. I mean, we're inundated with content and mm-hmm. I'm sure you and I have probably like our top five podcasts or you know, that we yep. that we watch on a regular basis. But then there's there's just still so much out there to learn and do. It's like, well, if you're going to have these great conversations, like try to pick up a way to share those and find find excitement about that. Yeah. That's it, man. Well, what haven't I asked you about podcasting that I should be asking when I'm Mm. thinking about starting a podcast? Mm. You've asked some great questions and I love that you already have taken action. I see that blue mic, which is awesome. That's your recommendation. (laughs) I know. Don't, you have one hanging there, don't you? And that yeah, have you enjoyed it? Really, have you enjoyed yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I'm waiting for my, I'm waiting for my stand to, or the, you know, the boom arm to come in. Oh, nice, nice. Backwatered, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. So, um, what questions though? Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. We've we've covered a lot of great ground. What what what? And we covered the big stuff. I think like the why are you doing it? Hmm. Just this last thread, how we we're talking about like, like what are you, what are you getting from it? That's something that, that's something I've been working on with my coach that kind of relates to that topic. Is like, is this more life giving, or life taking? Is it more energy giving mm. or energy taking? Because a good buddy of mine, for example, when I was going through the podcast transition, he gave me some great advice, but it was advice that I actually neglected in a way where he's like, yo, make sure you know your audience. He's like, I even had situations where I recorded a podcast. It it didn't, I didn't think it served my audience. So I scrapped it. That's not the way I'm doing this right now. If I, because I don't, I, I have an idea of the type of audience that 
I think would benefit from this my podcast content, but I'm not in it just for that. I'm in it because I will literally, if someone have interaction with someone or I see something and they're willing to be on my podcast, I'm like, we just have to have a conversation. It's about creating that art. Yeah. But in terms of like big questions for people that would, would be getting into it, I think, oh, here's a good one. I think something that's come up is like the style of podcast you want to do. Because when I started, I had this nice uh, duality of doing interviews with guests like you. And then I also would do solo podcasts. And those are cool because they allowed me to just kind of filter out some thoughts I would have. And they weren't they weren't perfect by any means. In, st- in fact, I had a lot of anxiety around some of them because I'm like, should I even publish this? Is this just me rambling? But I've learned now that if I really honor what I want to create, sometimes I do want to do a personal podcast mm-hmm. and just want to share something so profound. Yep. And so I think that's something for people to consider, like what's your style and what's your approach? Because there's also, if you're like a very structured, organized person, then you might consider having an outline going into a show. Whereas if you're just a free flowing soul, just wants to get into like the most authentic conversation, I might suggest you don't have an outline and you say, yo, what's in focus? That was a question I brought early into my podcast and into my former dad's community that really like started to impact people. Like what's in focus? Answer that question right here, right now. And you could just have a 60 minute conversation, you know, without, without having to have like the agenda of here's all the things I want to ask you about. Well, and to be honest uh, here, I have pages of, potential questions and things organized <laughs> well i am and, and then at the same time i, I was it. like i was like well we're just gonna i am more into the i, I want to just kind of free flow see where this goes and i had faith um that and that it would and and um so that's been good um at least for me it's funny you mentioned that you know i do you remember that show northern exposure are you old enough no. to remember that oh. i don't remember that no <laughs> So there is this show, Northern Exposure, about a small town. Anyway, the reason it's it, this is about style. You talked about those those yeah, uh, individual podcasts where it's just you kind of talking about things, and and I know this stuck with me. This inspirational style. So on there, one of the guys was one of the characters was the disc jockey at like the local small town radio, mm-hmm. and so. Th- there would be these episodes where it would either be the beginning or the end or somewhere in there. They would show him, like on the radio, basically having a couple minute monologue about like mm-hmm. something very deep about yes. life, and and those monologues were just I was like so fascinated and amazed by those. I was like, gosh, yeah. I realized that that has been an inspiration. Like even thinking about this, it's just sometimes I just want to you just want to sit there and have this mo- this existential monologue about some topic and. It's amazing how much just, and I think that's why I like writing so much. It's amazing how much it forces you to clarify your thinking because when you just think about it in your head, you think you know what you're thinking about, but when you either write it down or say it out loud, your brain, when you're just thinking about, skips over the hard parts, right? It just, it bumps over that. But when you actually have to write it or say it, it, you're not allowing your brain to do that. And therefore you really chew on it. And, and so. Very true. Very true. Yeah. There's such big power in that, I think. Dude, it is. It's Sometimes it's these small interactions. I loved just the other day, I caught that nice little video you recorded of 
uh, Miss Piggy Sue, right? Out uh-huh. in the snow, uh-huh. feeding her. And I'm like, oh, this, like, this is good because this is you just being like, oh, this is this interesting experience I have. It's not everyday life. And I love that. Some people might not. But I was like, oh, that's an that's an expression of Eric just hitting record and showing us this cool experience he's having with Miss Piggy Sue. And I think it maps back to what you shared with like writing or even doing solo podcasts is like sometimes a way for us to express ourselves is to get out of our heads and force us to either record or write. Because I agree 100 percent. I found myself in journaling where I'm like, oh, my mind wants to skip this or Mm -hmm. ignore it or neglect it. Whereas as I write the words down, they land and I'm like, ah, damn, there it is. Yeah. And in in different ways, sometimes it's energy giving. Other times I'm like, ooh, I didn't realize what I would feel until I actually honored that this is what I need to write right now. So that's big, man. Don't pay attention to that for sure. Yeah, I want that's. And and the other thing that the other piece of advice, I just recently um, stumbled across Alex Hormozzi. Hormozzi. I don't know if you've watched Mm -hmm. any of this. A big, you know, business guy. And I haven't decided. Well, I mean, he's obviously really good at what he does and he's interesting to watch. But somewhere along there, he was talking about his biggest advice for someone, I think maybe building a personal brand at this point, um, Mm -hmm. was like just be 100% genuine and authentic about what you want to create and what you want to say. In other words, don't build it for a certain audience. Don't do it for that. Like, State your opinion, be unapologetic about your opinion or what your interests are or whatever. Just go into them. And I think that right now, that's my approach is just like if something interests me, great. Whether it's, you know, feeding Piggy Sue or talking about a certain book or I mean, I used to feel I kind of get beaten up or I, I would feel bad about this, but I have so many interests it's like my wife would say oh geez it seems like you know you don't stick with one thing you bounce from mm-hmm. thing to thing but it's just the way i am like i want to have five or six things going on at once like i don't want to spend three years and get to become the the absolute best at like one particular thing it's the same way i realize i read books like i'll have seven or eight books going and i'll pick it up and yep. read a little bit of this or a little bit of that and yep it's just the way my mind works. And I think I just have to, I think there's a real importance to honoring that and not viewing as a detriment. I heard another person I know basically call it being poly passionate. Yeah. You don't have a single interest. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to bring that in on an individual level and let it ride. Well, see what well I was going to say, you used the word for me. I was going to say, I would honor that. Absolutely. I would, Alex Hormozzi is an extraordinary human in terms of sales. I didn't know he said that which uh-huh. uh, lands with me Get right into this whole conversation around like doing it for you. My friend, Justin, with the latest episode I did, he said that before he hit record. He's like, yo, you're doing this for you, right? I'm like, absolutely. Because right. a lot of people get caught up doing something for other people, which isn't a, an expression of ourselves. And it, I also want to go back to the child. Like, does a child only uh, paint all day? Absolutely not. If I showed you what my daughter Sepia does with her mornings off when she's on school dude she's drawing she's watching some cartoons she's cooking yeah. with me yeah she's going outside she doesn't want to just sit there and only color no. that would bore her to death so i think 
I think there's something to be said about there are specific activities that light you up, but then there's also an, a really strong argument that like, yo, we were designed to be curious. Like animals don't just sit in one spot all day. Right. Nature designs them to go out and look for things, hunt, stay warm, uh, explore. So yeah, dude, I love that. Do it your way on your terms, not for other people, because if you do it, then, then it's going to work itself out. Whereas if you do it for other people, it probably won't. Right. Well, and going back to that, you know, we talked about just doing something you're passionate and energetic about and realizing it's a it's a long game. So for me, it's like as long as I'm having fun with the recording of the podcast and the people I get to talk to, I just I view it as having a, a long time horizon for it to build up momentum. It's not like I have to in the first three months, I want, you know, 10,000 followers or whatever it may be it's just it's the it's the it's i'm scratching my own itch you know it's my own curiosity it's 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 the reason i get to talk to people so that's all 100 absolutely i can't wait to be on the next episode in the future so yeah well thanks for taking this time and uh we'll wrap up here pretty quickly do you have enough time for like three more minutes yeah yeah dude i got time cool well i want to ask you a selfish question not really selfish, but uh, a practical business question. Um, the tentative title I'm thinking about for the podcast is The Being School. Now, Ooh, yeah. now my, the question I have, because I've been thinking about this, that resonates with me. That's, that title, that the concept is, is bigger and kind of to your point, building courses and retreats and all these things. Like Ultimately, a lot of this could fall underneath that umbrella, this idea of learning how to be in this world, learning how to be a human, learning what it just, I mean, I think as AI grows, we're really, people are really going to struggle with of like identity. What does it mean to be a yep. human in a world right. where like my job just got replaced or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know how to, most people don't even know how to be bored anymore, right? Like you can't even sit without Instagram or TikTok or something. So just learning, like being in space, a lot of the, I think a lot of the same topics that you, you know, mm-hmm. you think about and cover. My question is the word school, people, I don't, does that, does that turn you off or do you have, would you have reservations about using that in the title of a, Mm. of a podcast or something? Uh, That's a a good question. And I don't know that I'm the best to answer this because again, I'm at risk of overthinking this with you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that, that's why I loved your book title, the being equation. Like you could easily make, make it that, but then maybe there's like, Oh, but the book, the podcast, should they be the same? Like, I will, I'll admit that I do cycles on these types of things, Eric, where I'm like, I'm totally overthinking it as a software engineer. Like it's been my core competency for many years. I've gotten plagued by what to name things. Isn't that funny? Like it's mm-hmm. not actually coding. It's that, oh, I'm stuck on what do I name this thing? Right. What I would say is I think a school fundamentally represents a place to learn, right? Yep. And people are going to naturally associate that with, there's some really cool podcasts like the School of Greatness. Exactly. Um, He's out there. So I think it's a great name in the sense that it's recognizable. That was one of the things that ran through my mind in naming something, especially like a podcast, like not getting too fancy. And so school is a great word because it's easy. Like academy, maybe that's a little bit higher of a, a school in some ways, but I like the intention there because you, you've always struck me as someone that 
is intentional about learning. We know that from your childhood, but even as, as our relationship grows, I'm like, yeah, Eric is just curious. Like he wants to learn. So mm -hmm. I, I think that it's a reflection. It's a nice reflection of you. If that name really lands with you. I think it does. And the irony is all growing up, my mom used to, I mean, she said to me, the, uh, you can do anything you want and be anything you want, but just don't become a teacher. So it's <laughs> ironic. It's ironic. <laughs> It's ironic yes. that I would start something with the idea of it. Oh, I'm starting the being school, like starting a school of some sort. It just cracks me up. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's a part of you. So Yeah, it really is. But when you, I'll say this too. When you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that title totally fits you. So yeah. I didn't have resistance because if I Good. had resistance, I'd been like, I'm not sure, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Cool. Well, I, that, I mean, that covers tremendous amount of um what i had just for your own edification i'm gonna record i'll definitely record some form of intro but i as you know i've been experimenting with chat gp let me let me uh mm -hmm. i, I want to read you i i said ask chat gp to give me uh how would i introduce ali jafarn okay oh, okay <laughs> Listen to this. This is this wow, is what it came out. This is real time. Yeah. So like, so I, you I decide fear here. Let's see what happens. You decide how you feel about this title. Um it said Ali Jafarin. Am I pronouncing your is that right? Ali Jafarin, yep. Ali Jafarin. Jafarin is a former tech entrepreneur who now focuses on coaching and mentorship and hosts a podcast called Creating Space. The podcast explores personal development, leadership, and spirituality and features conversations with a range of guests from different fields. Some of the topics covered in the podcast include mindfulness, emotional intelligence, building meaningful relationships, and finding purpose in life. The podcast aims to provide practical insights and strategies for personal growth and self-discovery and encourages listeners to explore their own journey of transformation and evolution. Wow. Is that is so much closer than far further than what I would have expected. So it's that crazy. Is interesting in a way where I'm not in a way like, of course, there's a bit of the ego that has to come in when you're hearing how someone would describe you, at least for me, it does. Mm -hmm. But it that didn't take me back to where I'm like, oh, shit, that's not how I want to be represented. It actually there's a lot of there's a lot of truth in that for me. So I am impressed. It's I mean, I thought it did a pretty good job at a first pass. I don't know if you're I wouldn't consider you necessarily a former tech entrepreneur. I mean, yeah, you're, I guess you're I'm still, still in that in space, that right? Right, right. And, and do you think it nailed, I mean, you're focused How now. Does it, so now the technologist in me has to get curious, like where did it parse this from? Like, I don't know. But the other thing, just as a side note, is I um I had signed up to get access to Bard, you know, Google's new one. Yeah. Dude, it's not even close right now to ChatGPT. It's like. Yeah. The one I played was called, played with was called Lex. Which I thought was Google's, but yeah, ChatGPT. I have access to one of them. I haven't. I haven't spent a lot of time on it, but I did find it pretty interesting in how quickly it was able to parse fairly accurate information. And you just gave an example, so that is that's pretty interesting. Well, even more so is is that you could ask it to change the tone. What's What's crazy to me is that it can now mimic, like anybody that has amount of content out there like i could say write this introduction in the as you know um 
like I've been using Hunter S. Thompson, but like as Hunter S. Thompson would write it or as, you know, pick a famous author and it will completely change the language, the style, the cadence to match that person. So that's been freaky. Um, Unreal. But anyway, it's it's fascinating. And so, yeah. yeah. It definitely is, dude. Thanks for sharing. I might have you send me that just because I want to like reread that and be like, yeah, absolutely. I will. But um, you feel like that's, does that fairly accurately represent you other than the former tech entrepreneur part? Yeah, yeah a lot of the things that it pulled out are are in focus for me right now. Yeah. So that's why, like I said, in, in being with that, I'm, I'm actually more impressed than I am like resistant. It's wild. Uh, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for taking taking the time to do this. Obviously, I greatly appreciate it. It's been super helpful. Fun. Um, Hopefully all my technology has worked. I'm trying to record this in two different places. So you know how that nice, goes nice, as a nice. uh, as a tech person. Mm-hmm. Um, so any any final any final thoughts? I guess that's another question you always ask somebody. Do you have any final thoughts? I'll definitely put in where once when I'm not even going to say if this is produced when I produce this. You know I'll put in uh, links to you and how to how to find you. But any anything else you want to leave people with? Thoughts. I just want, yeah, I want to honor you for taking action here because people have asked me about this and then nothing happens where it's cool. You're like, yo, what mic are you using? And then a week later, you're like, yo, you want to jam on an episode? And I'm like, hell yes, I want to. So props to you for doing that. And then you already said this. I'm just going to remind, like uh, reiterate it one more time. Do it for you. Because yeah, that absolutely. is, in my world, it has given me so much joy, so much energy. And I feel like it will only lead you into a beautiful direction if you stay aligned and in, in, within integrity on that in itself. It's just a, it sounds so simple, but I think I've seen a lot of people fall off. Mm-hmm. And then as we've talked about in our world, I'm like, ah, that feels like a performance. Whereas this felt fun and authentic and creative so thanks thanks for for uh, reaching out and having me do it no well thank you and and i knew like you're just a beautiful person and that you just show up and you're not you're you're definitely not performing it's it's like i knew we'd be just having a conversation thank you, whether there, whether there's a camera rolling or not so thank you for being authentic and being who you are i, I appreciate you and i'm i'm really glad to have you in my life and in my world Dude, likewise. And we get to see each other in I know. two weeks, which I know you're pumped for. It's crazy. It's so.